0: Welcome to our after-hours edition of What, what the, the Flock. So excited. Can you guys see me? Yes. Um, well, can we? Is, we, can't we, can't. we
1: can't. Yeah, let's make sure we see a little we, bit more. I'm incognito.
0: I had yeah. a long morning, Hoyt. No, you don't want to do that. This is I on purpose. This is on purpose.
1: Well, anyway, can you believe we've gotten to the end of season one?
0: No. It went yeah. like that.
1: It was crazy. So it was fast. wonderful. I mean... Uh, I remember when this was just an idea, and to actually be able to say we've got a season finished, and we can do another season coming up, and that um, that people have been coming out and kind of uh, supporting what we're doing. I mean, it's been a dream come true. Really
0: supporting what yeah. we're doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and it's been great to do it as a team. I know. I've been really my brother really,
0: from another that's mother. That's right. That's right.
1: So <laughs> so uh, it's been uh, it's been nothing but pleasure. So I'm looking forward to. What's next? And I got to believe the best is yet to come.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah. Well,
0: and this is a great, what we wanted to do is is recap season one. Yeah. Um, I knew it was going to be amazing, but I don't think, which I love, I didn't anticipate how much great feedback we were mm-hmm. going to get and how much people were sharing about how it helped them. Yeah. Yeah. So, I thought it'd be cool for us to do a recap.
1: I love that idea.
0: Yeah, and I love the fact that you haven't done an after hours. I know. Episode I'm pop, popping my
1: cherry right now. I've got my glass of wine here for people who can't. <laughs> wait, who did who you can't hear what he sing? said?
0: Mm. He said he's popping his cherry on the after hours episode. That's right. With a glass of wine. Nice, oh, wait, cheers. cheers, cheers, cheers. Cheers to season one. Season one. And being able to share our stories and provide a safe place for people to share theirs absolutely that's we, what it's we, all about we
1: welcome you guys to yes. come on and, and grab, tell your yeah. story yeah
0: please grab a glass of wine <laughs> while you're listening and join us i'm gonna take a sip awesome 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 okay okay
1: so we got to do our quote of the day oh, quote that- of
0: the day which i'm gonna need my glasses for uh-huh. so i don't butcher the quote
1: yeah you and me both
0: okay so, as usual, yes, we will start with our quote of the day. Shame-shifting is where a survivor of abuse is deemed to be the problem for not forgiving the abuser. This further emotional and psychological abuse. Ignore such people. That's by Lily Hope Lusario.
1: Yeah. And listen, I think that happens all the time, mm-hmm. and and it's and I, you know, I experience it very much kind of as a defense mechanism from people. Yeah, yeah. You know, because I don't think they always realize what they're actually saying when or what they mean when they they say something like that. I mean, the way I try to to convey it to people would be it would be like if, if I had felt comfortable enough that we were having a conversation where I had said to you um, or a person, um, you know, well when I was twenty one. Right. You know, I was raped. And uh, and then the person looks back at you and goes, So what were you wearing that night? Mm-hmm. And you're like, wait a second. Right. What? I mean it so I think that's a great analogy in the sense of of you know, no one wants to get raped. No one wants to join a cult. No one wants to get into a situation where they're incredibly abused and, mm-hmm. and confused and hurt and damaged. But to take the point of view that somehow you brought it on yourself is really destructive. Right. And it doesn't foster any kind of real conversation. So I think it's a, what, very much what we're trying to do here with the show is to basically say, listen, we've all been through something like this. Right. And the, the important thing to acknowledge is the only way to really heal from it is to talk about it. So right. if you don't feel safe to talk about it because someone's basically judging you or shaming you. Right. That you even got yourself in that situation then it's really counterproductive. So we're trying to do the opposite. We're trying to be
0: the antithesis yeah. of shame shifting. shifting. That's right. right. And and to take that even a step further back to that quote expecting the person abused to forgive the abuser. That is a personal choice. That
1: is a choice. And
0: forgiveness has a lot of different definitions mm. in a lot of different scenarios, right? The ultimate term for forgiveness is basically understanding that if you continue in the hatred, you're only further harming yourself. Yeah. Like, I get that.
1: No, totally. I mean, I, I think back on, like, my mother and I had a complicated relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. She was quite um, a strong personality, and she kind of had a um, narcissistic tendencies, and it was kind of like her way of the highway. So there was a lot of times we we had conflict, and a lot of times I felt hurt. A lot of times I felt like I wasn't being seen or heard. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, when I got older and I started to realize that, you know, being a storyteller myself, that ultimately every story only makes sense when you understand the backstory. So I think the problem we make a lot of times with our relationships and certainly with our parents, we just focus on the time when we arrived and going forward. And you might have had all these interactions with your parents and, you know, they said things or did things or they didn't do things you wanted or whatever, you know, all that mess that happens growing up. But you never go, well, wait a second. Where is this behavior that constantly makes me crazy and deal with my parents? Where does it come from? What was their backstory? What was happening to them before I arrived? And until you do that, a lot of the behavior... Has no explanation, so you just get really resentful and frustrated, and and and, and you know you get depressed or yeah you know, experience despair or hurt. But if you actually do the homework and you figure out, right, what yeah you know, I, I I like to look at it as um, we kind of enter the world with this full toolbox, and we're ready to go out and deal with everything that happens. And then crises occur or interactions of some you know great scale, and you have to whip out a tool. And sometimes you might have to use this tool to basically survive. And lose the tool, the tool in the process, but you keep moving forward as we all do. And by the time you know you've gotten married and maybe start having kids, you've dropped a few tools along the way just to you know get through life. And then your kid, like me, might be saying, "Well, right now, you know, I really want the saw." And you might have lost the saw way back when. And you're like, "Well, I can't really use the saw, but I could I can use the file." Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, the kids say, "Well, no, I don't want the saw. The file. I want the saw." And you have this absolute conflict, not realizing that it's not that your parent doesn't want to give you the file. Right. I mean, the saw, they just don't have it. So they're giving you the file. And until you do that homework, you just hold all this resentment.
0: Right. And you don't
1: realize that actually, when you go back and find out the real truth, oh, they lost the saw way back when that thing happened to them. And actually, they were right. Right. The next closest thing was the file, and they were actually doing their best. Right. And that's when I started to let go of all that kind of resentment I had for my parents maybe not doing things exactly the way I wanted with my limited point of view. And I think that's a really important thing to look at these stories, is that until you start to understand the full story, the context, what things led up to it, what the backstory is, Mm -hmm. not a lot makes sense.
0: Right. Well interestingly enough <laughs> have that conversation with one of my sons
1: okay recently good, good
0: where i was trying to explain to my youngest son where some of my triggers come from mm. and so he had said something to me that in his mind didn't really mean much right. but to me it triggered me yeah and he's like whoa whoa where, where, where whoa, is this coming whoa. from yeah so i i Stopped what I was doing, and I said, "Let's sit down and let's chat." Right. And I had to walk him through what had happened in my life in the past, in the cold right. of when everything I did was not good enough. Right? Nothing was good enough. I'd be like, "Well, how about this? Well, how about this? Right, well, how right, about this?" Yeah, and it was right. never good enough. Right? And I'm very so, familiar with
1: that feeling. Yeah. Right, yeah. right.
0: It's just never, it's always a carrot in front of your nose. Right. You can be better. You can do better. You can Absolutely. do better. Absolutely, sure. So my son was proposing something to me, and every solution I had wasn't good enough for him. And I started to cry. And yeah. he's like, what's happening with you? Yeah. So I said, okay, let's, let's go to the backstory." story. Yeah. And I walked him through the whole thing, and it was pretty beautiful because he's like, Wow, I get that. I get that. Thank you for sharing that. Like he and, didn't know.
1: Well, that's so beautiful because, you know, you have those tools now. Yeah. You, you know, but, right. but but by saying it, you know, that's what's so wonderful because a lot of people, like my mother, obviously, whenever I would have those conflicts, she was reacting out of wounds that she had probably fully not healed from, and just only knew. I wasn't this aware wound. of. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and so. When you're at a place like you have because you've done some work and you've actually started to you know, realize that you went through some abuse and you've got these kind of traumas that you're working through, then you can have these kind of, kind of conversations and it completely changes the landscape. Right. And the empathy that, that comes from your son to go, oh, now I get it. Like, now I see how my words could be affecting you. And being heard in a, in a perspective, I would never know if I didn't know the story. Right. And that's why I think stories are so important because until we tell our stories, no one really knows what makes us tick. Right. You know, and and we get in real hot water when we just project on others and make the assumption that they're wired like we are. That's just not the way it is. I mean, I'm going through this process of not only of looking at my own experiences, I do depending on, you know, what triggers whatever, whatever day, you know, but um, trying to figure out how to tell this story to others. And it's very interesting when I think our group was not very large. And yet, like a family, everyone has their own experience. No one had the same experience I had. And I don't expect it for for them to necessarily understand all the things that I experienced. Likewise, I don't expect them to have that same experience. And I expect to learn from them what their perspective was. But there's got to be that Understanding and that kind of uh, agreement that we're at least going to talk about it.
0: Are willing to consider where the other person's coming from. There's a willingness. And,
1: and, and a willingness to accept it wasn't necessarily the way you thought of it all Correct. the time. Because that's right. Very, the cultic thinking is always like we all have to be on the same page. We all have to agree to this 100%. You know, either you are part of the problem or you're part of the solution. Right. And it's that it's kind black of and black white. and white, binary, yeah. all or nothing. You know, thinking is so destructive and we see it everywhere in the world. Right. And and that's why even like when you're dealing with your your son and you're able to reframe something, say, hey, listen, I'm having this reaction based on some experiences I had in the past, which were painful. And those words, even though I'm sure you didn't mean them that way, this is this is what I hear. I love what Brene Brown um, said in one of her books. The, you know the best way to you know uh, communicate with someone because she was, was referencing a conversation you had with her husband mm-hmm. you can have this you know when you know you feel like you know someone well you can fall into the trap of thinking oh when they say this or when they do this this it, is what's going on in means their head this. yeah 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 and and what she was saying in that book which I love so much I think it was dared uh, uh, dare to be brave or, or or something like
0: one of her great books yeah one she's of her got she's amazing but yeah
1: the um you're basically saying the way to frame that, if you're having a freak out and you're kind of projecting what you think is going on, right. but you actually haven't had the conversation yet, the worst thing you can do is start accusing this person from the point of view, like, I can't believe you're doing this because this means you're doing that and this is what you're thinking about us. And like that, that gets you nowhere. Right. But if you come from a place of vulnerability and say, hey, I'm noticing something's going on. We've had, we've had these interactions. It's making me feel really uncomfortable. And the story I have going on in my head
0: <laughs> is is this. <laughs> right.
1: So you're taking ownership of the story. Right. You're right. not saying definitively this is what's going on, but you're allowing the person... Here's what I'm hearing. Yeah, this is what, yeah. you're allowing the person to respond, and they can go, oh... Yeah, okay. Yeah, may I we should talk about this. Or it's like no, that's not at all what's going on, which was in the book that was exactly the case. It was yeah. her husband was going through something completely you know, unrelated to that that had shut him down in such a way. She was taking his inability to converse in these moments as something that he didn't want to be with her or you know, she had kind of blown it into a whole other arena. And he's like, no, no, I've been having my own little nightmare here on my side. I just want, didn't want to deal with it. I was trying not to yeah. trouble you with it. Yeah. And it's just this massive miscommunication. So, right. But it's that way of learning how to talk to each other where you're not attacking, you're not projecting, you're not making judgments. You're just fostering an opportunity to get you know on the playing field and let's talk about what's happening.
0: Right. Well, with my son, what I loved was seeing him kind of have his own aha moment of a backstory. Right. Like, you don't know what's going on with someone. Like, so you, you might think someone cuts you off on the freeway or they've done this or they've that. You don't know what just happened no. in their life. No. And not that you're making excuses for them. No. But I, there's just a humanity to it of you don't know. Yeah,
1: I, you yeah, don't know. When that happens, I always try to say, thank you for reminding me how I don't want to behave on the road. Right. Right. <laughs> Which is, you know, and again, I mean, not every time. Sometimes they get angry, but, you know, it's like, <laughs> But it, I think it is. It's that always that type of thing of like you're saying. You just don't know, right? Don't you don't know, know and, and to immediately jump to the conclusion. Which listen, we do all the time. So it's not like it's a it's something well, that it's can
0: human nature. Yeah, but to react. but the more that yeah. we can
1: kind of go, wait, let me let me not let me have the reaction, but not per se react on it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like mm-hmm. let, let me have the mm-hmm. feeling, but I don't have to necessarily take an action based on that feeling. Let me first analyze and try to. Look at this feeling and say, where can I possibly frame it where I don't feel so reactive? Correct. Um, because I think that's when we always get ourselves in trouble and we feel like, oh, there's only one way to respond to this. No, we always have options. Always right. Have. I'm a big believer in options.
0: Right. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Okay, so let me, okay. let me circle back to the quote for a yes. second. Because this recently, and probably why this quote really spoke to me, because this recently happened to me. Where I was communicating with someone from my old cult Mm -hmm. about some things, some ongoing things that were going on with my Mm ex-husband, who's the father of my kids. Right. So, unfortunately, or fortunately for further growth on my part, (laughs) right? That's right. (laughs) I am in a position where I still occasionally have to communicate with him. So, I had reached out to his leader in the group that he's now in, Mm -hmm. in another state, and it's someone that I know very well, because I actually used to lead a campus group in the cult with this human. Okay. Okay. So I know him well enough to know that at the depths of his soul, I feel like he's a good guy. Yeah. Right? Like, I never questioned his humanity or if he truly loved Mm. people. Mm. I think he's still very indoctrinated. Sure. And... That's, you know, fair for me to say. But as far as his motives, he got into this cult for the same reasons I did. Yeah. I wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. I wanted to save the world. I felt like the Bible was speaking to me. Yeah. Like all those things, right?
1: Well, and this goes back to that whole idea that we talk about a lot, that what these groups do is they weaponize your noble inclinations. Correct.
0: Against against
1: yourself, you know. So your desire to do all those great things is exactly how they're right. Working you.
0: And he was one of those guys. Very noble human, in my opinion. Right. right? So I reached out to him thinking, well maybe I'll make some traction because he knows me Mm -hmm. from twenty years ago. Right. He knows how I how I moved through life Mm -hmm. then, right? That I would stay up all night to finish a task, I would you know, take a bullet for people. Right. That's how I was in this cult. So I reached out to him about some very clear (laughs) issues with my ex, Mm -hmm. right? That had to deal with some very dishonest things, some very narcissistic things, money he owes, things that I have documents and facts for. Right. That I'm like, okay, I'm trying to keep us out of court. Right. I don't want that emotional, you know, warfare. Right. I'm willing to bend. I'm willing to lose. Hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I just need him to acknowledge some things, right? So we can move forward and try to forge some kind of peace, right? Or try to forge something I can stomach. (laughs) Like, I'm just trying to find a palatable place, right? And so, a a, a
1: common ground where I
0: don't like you, you don't like me, but let's just move on, right? Right. So, one of the last comments that he made to me was very blankety, mm-hmm. meaning of the situation. He said, well, until you're really willing to forgive your ex, mm-hmm. I can't really help you. Because the Bible mm-hmm. says you need to forgive. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, hmm. So I'm being asked to forgive someone who on a monthly basis mm-hmm. recommits the same crime.
1: Right?
0: Right. Because there's monthly dues, there's right. monthly interest that he owes. So, I can see if it's an old crime, right. where we've sure. all moved on, Yeah, we all make mistakes, we all evolve, we all learn, we all grow. But when it's every damn month,
1: yeah, it's current. and it's the same, and it, and it's not right.
0: my fault, too bad for you, <laughs> then it's harder to stomach, sure. right? I, yeah. So, I'm, I'm asking this leader of a sizable church, mm-hmm. he's not just a member, he's the leader. Can you sit down with us? Right. I'm willing to be wrong. I'm willing to be persuaded. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to do it on your turf with a Bible. Right. I'll bring my documents. Please help me see the error of my ways. Of of why this is, yeah, and
1: where where I should be forgiving.
0: Where I should be forgiving. No response after that.
1: Which is, Mom. I'm not not surprised about that at all. No.
0: I'm not surprised, but I was really disappointed because I had been kind of a, you know, like preaching his, like, this is a good guy. And I still think he's a good guy, but so let me finish here. So I just felt like, where do I go with that? Right. mm -hmm. In the sense of, but I'm still being asked to forgive as it's, as this, it's a spiritual virtue I'm missing. Well, if you were just more forgiving this wouldn't be a problem. Well, so I'm supposed to throw all the facts out the well, window. This,
1: this is what, what I would, um, how I would respond to that is I think I've learned uh, something in life that's helped me in the sense of don't react to an input or a message mm-hmm. before I weigh into the equation the messenger and what I feel about them. Correct. So if I feel like in this case, this person is indoctrinated, yes. <clears throat> is operating under a large degree of influence, then more than likely I am not experiencing the authentic person. Correct. And therefore the words coming out of their mouth most likely are not also genuine. Correct. So from that point of view, do I really need to take those words at face value or should I always couch them with the understanding that this person's probably not being very successful at dealing really with their own current um, situation? Or
0: going to hear me.
1: Yeah. Well, yes. well the, even if he heard you, can he process it in the perspective of the, the validity of your point would would force him to acknowledge the invalidity of his stance? And go. that's ding, where the ding, that's ding, where ding. the rubber meets the road, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. And so, from a certain from that point of view, you realize he can't no, he, he can't. can't he can't hear you. He can't, you know, because that would he would have to reevaluate and look at his whole life in a whole different way. And that's a lot of the experience, you know, I'm having trying to reconnect with some of the ex members from my group who are still heavily indoctrinated. You know, I, I get it. I mean, it, it's tragic, but when you think about that you have to go back to, you know, when some of my people, my group were talking 30, maybe in 40 years. You have to go back multiple decades to a moment when you started interacting with either the cult leader or the group on some level. Yeah. And at that moment, you were starting to get influenced, manipulated, conned, mm-hmm. worked, whatever way you want to frame it. You were getting, you know, taken. Yeah. And so it t- first it takes a m- humility to admit that to yourself. Which you would think would be such an obstacle when you consider we all get manipulated every day, one way or another. But when you happen to go back that far, and you have to admit that to yourself, and then start the work of looking forward at your life, going through those decades Mm -hmm. with this new lens (laughs) and this new way to frame things, and say, okay, starting at that point in my life, I was being influenced, I was being worked, and that I now to play that into every experience I went. Going forward, most people are like, nope, can't, can't deal with that. Can't do it. Yeah. So, can't do it. So, it, it's, it's, I think to me, it's the most tragic part of the whole cultic relationship yeah. thing. The the struggle to, A, admit to the trauma, B, admit to the manipulation and conning or whatever way you want to frame it, and, you know, the, the influence that happened and that you, in essence, got taken. Mm-hmm. Um, that's hard to do. So, uh, people, I think the line of least resistance is to avoid or deny or just it's hold some, some position of delusion Right. that it's just, oh, uh, uh, it's another step on my spiritual path. Well, yes, that's true from a certain point of view, but also let's acknowledge what really happened. And that's right. that's where the, I think the, you know, people have a hard time really acknowledging that.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, so, I agree with you. So,
1: that guy's in the leadership position. He's supposed to influence all these, but you know, reinforce their faith. And for him to admit, he was his faith would be shaken if he admitted the validity of your point. Not likely to happen,
0: right? And then that's usually backed up with, from several members of the group with, "Well, here's what Jesus says here. Yeah, here's what Jesus says here. Yeah, but Jesus always also talks about." quite a few other things, you know, as far as stealing and lying and all these other things. But those comments and messages that I sent them are, to your point, never acknowledged or responded to. Yeah. Right. So they they can't, it's like a force field. They can't hear that stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, when I, when I talked recently to a a guy I knew in the group, I hadn't seen him in 20 years and he holds this guy, you know, our leader in this perception that he was an incarnation of God and the self-realized man and all that. And so I said, listen, we can at least agree to disagree that I don't hold that perspective. I respect whatever perspective you have. You had your own experience. But can we at least admit that he had certain characteristics and one of them was that he was very deceptive? And he's, right. and he's like, well, "What are you talking about?" And I was like, "Well, let's see. You know, he lied about
0: let me count the his, ways. Whole, his whole background.
1: You know, his upbringing. He lied about his name. He lied about his um, sexual activity. He lied about his drug and use. And
0: you're talking about
1: Freddie Fre- von Meers yeah. from Eternal Values. So, he, and then he lied about you know getting AIDS. And we were some of the people who were actually." acting as nurses and taking care of him when he was not, we didn't know he was dying at the time, but he was. And literally he had like a bed sore and we were changing bandages, wow. you know, because, uh, you know, it's this open sore. Yeah. And if you had had, you know, a little cut in your finger or something, you could have really gotten HIV from this person. And this, so that's, that's some, that's a pretty, that's a, pretty deceptive track record. Yeah. And his response was, well, he was just in a body, you know, you know, he was only human. I'm like, dude, there's plenty of people that are in bodies and human that do not behave like that and certainly don't call themselves spiritual leaders i said i think we're going to just have to
0: yeah um, being human doesn't negate being honest
1: well also okay. <laughs> yeah being human doesn't mean you don't take responsibility right. for what you do like like listen i can say yeah i was under the influence i was brainwashed I, it's, it's like having it's like being a, a, an alcoholic and i drive and maybe kill someone. Now, I can say I was drunk, yeah. but that doesn't let me off the hook. I still killed someone. Yeah. So I think that's one of the challenges of these experiences is it is hard to admit that you did things that you regret, that you did things that you, you know, that you uh, or said things that you wish you hadn't said. But the truth is, yes, there is a victimization of the fact that, yeah, I was influenced. I was brainwashed, whatever way you want to kind of talk about it. But ultimately... You're still responsible, and the hard part is getting to a place of going, okay. Yes, I did do those things. I did say those things, or I, the ones that you know I talked to you earlier about, you know, the stuff that I wish I had said, or or situations I wish I had interfered, and I remained silent and I didn't do anything. Those are things that are really, really hard for me. But the the truth is, you only start to process them, and you only start to feel at at all comfortable with them, is to talk about them, and and that's where. Yeah, you the know, shows like what we're doing is all about because if if the talking doesn't happen, how can anything yeah. heal?
0: Yeah, I, I think um, that is the most perfect segue <laughs> ever. It's almost like I'm paying you, but no, I'm not. No. <laughs> that is the perfect.
1: Oh, no, we are.
0: I should pay you. <laughs> The perfect segue mm-hmm. for what we're going to talk about next. Oh, no, let's
1: talk. Right? What, what are we talking about next? We're
0: talking about next what we talked about on the phone. No. When are you ready oh, that's to great. tell I your love it. story? I love when this When are cult survivors, yeah. and we'll say any abuse survivors, but for our conversation, let's stick to cult survivors.
1: Yeah. When
0: are people that have been indoctrinated mm-hmm. in any sort of cultic relationship, are cult survivors ready to tell their story to where it is a helpful experience for them. Yeah. Okay?
1: Yeah. And and I and I would I would frame it first from the overarching point of view. If you haven't arrived to a place where you in essence feel this is kind of a badge of honor or a demonstration of your courage.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: in in the sense that you found yourself in a situation you never imagined to ever get yourself
0: that you didn't sign up for.
1: You didn't sign up for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But you f- you also found your way out of it. Correct. You found a way to make sense of it and heal, and you found a way to communicate it on such a level where, like the your friends and family around you are kind of like, you know, dude, what the hell happened? And you've had some conversations and been and now you feel this urge to share. Right. this journey, because you're basically feeling, wow, if if I can go through this and I can learn from this, I certainly hope and pray that others who are in like situations can see just by the journey I've gone on, that they could do it too. Because I would have never believed I could have gotten to where I've arrived. And now I feel this almost urge to kind of share my story because it feels almost like for me, a, you know, a duty to kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I survived something. I learned from it. I got some. I got some yeah. silver lining from this, and some life lessons which, which are priceless. Then what am I supposed to just keep them to myself? Mm-hmm. No, I mean, though, I think the whole reason we get involved with these relationships, whether they're one on one or a group, we're trying to create a better version of ourselves. On some level, we're hoping this relationship, this group, will help facilitate us growing, evolving, becoming a better version. Mm-hmm. And if the process of realizing it wasn't that, but understanding the dy- then the dynamics at play and how we got there and how we can got, get out and learn and grow and actually have that, that, have the very thing we were hoping for, then you, of course, you want to tell the story. Right. That's a great story.
0: Well, say your statement again, that you shared with me on the other day about silence.
1: Well, you know, for me, and I you know, mentioned this a little bit earlier, um, when I think back on my cultic experience, and, and, the, and the obvious regal, regrets are the things like I said or did, especially to my friends and family that were just hurtful. Mm-hmm. Um, but the things that sit with me more uncomfortably are more the interactions that I watched behave in, the, in my group dynamic where I saw really bad things happening that I remained silent or I saw activities going on or someone getting their ass handed to them screaming or whatever. And I didn't in any way stop it or interfere or voice anything. So for me, that that feeling of remaining silent really sits uncomfortably with me. And I've taken the point of view of saying, if I've learned nothing in this entire journey, the one constant is that if nobody talks, nothing changes. Mm-hmm. But if you open your mouth and you start to reflect and you start to share these experiences you have, there's a chance you're passing on information that someone else, for whatever reason, might find it resonates with them. They mm-hmm. might choose to assimilate it in some way.
0: Or find the strength.
1: And within that, yeah. you know, taking in that information, they may now have more in their kind of reservoir that when they face situations like I face, they might be able to choose a healthier option than I was able to choose because I didn't have that information. Right. So that's where the the sharing of information and the opportunity to maybe frame it differently, put your own spin on it, kind of make it maybe a little more user-friendly, a little more relatable. Mm -hmm. Package it up. That's the beauty of of telling these stories because there's no one way, there's no formula, there's no right way to do anything. But if we find people that we resonate with and through... And the way we usually do that is through hearing their stories and mm-hmm. going like, oh, "I totally know what you're talking about." Yeah, that yeah, reminds yeah. you of my relationship with my dad, or or that reminds right. my relationship with my girlfriend, or my boss, or my coach back in high school. I mean, we all have these these points where we kind of dovetail together, and and you feel seen and heard because there's this connection. It's like, oh, "I know what you're talking about." Right, I, I've had that feeling. I I felt that way, and and I think that's where you know things you know that are quite. Magical can happen because that's where we start to learn and, and grow mm-hmm. and, and empower one another.
0: Well, the way you packaged it earlier, you said if you stay silent, nothing can change. If you tell your story, something might possibly change. And I just loved that. Because well, it's yeah. it's it's that juxtaposition of nothing. Or Maybe something.
1: Well, yeah. Right? I, I, listen, Michael Jordan said it right. You miss 100 percent of the baskets, you never, Shots yeah, you, yeah, shot you, don't you never take. take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got to take your shot. So, so I and having been, you know, in this history of choosing silence, now I'm like, no,
0: yeah, done. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm going the other way now. I'm going to talk. Done. I'm going to talk, and people may get tired of me talking, and I, that's certainly within anyone's point of view. But uh, yeah, I'm going to continue to talk. Right. Yeah.
0: Right. And uh, in uh, my world. You're ready to tell your story, like you said, when you've crossed to the other side, Mm -hmm. when you've made it to the other side, and you're like, God damn it, I went through a lot. I'm stronger than I thought. Look at what I've learned. Look at what I've gained. I wear it like a badge of honor. Mm -hmm. When you feel like and understand that you are stronger than you thought you were, and that you've made it through something that I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. Sure. Then it is that, that—that I don't want to say accomplishment, that's not the right word, but that making it to the other side, that badge of honor, that journey that you took, that you didn't allow to kill you or take you out yeah. or make you quit yeah. on life, right? But to come back stronger, to come back renewed, to come back with, here's how I'm going to tackle my life going forward, here's what I've learned, then you're ready. Then it's inspiring.
1: Yeah, and, and I and I think I think the you know one of the most obvious ways about that uh, is to know that it's your choice to tell the story rather than someone convincing you to tell Correct. your story. Like I think if, when you're taking an active posture, saying, "Listen, I think there's there's some value in sharing this information I've learned, so I'm going to actively pursue avenues where I can maybe find a platform where I can share right. these things."
0: But even deeper, sorry mm-hmm. to interrupt you. It's the intention behind that. It's about the intention, because when the intention is to help other people,
1: well, that, exactly versus yeah. let
0: me let me it, fix my own reputation. Yeah. There's a
1: difference. There's a huge difference. Because you know the you know the, 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 the reputation things or the defensiveness. That's all very ego based stuff. But listen, we all battle that, but ultimately, you know, these personal journeys aren't about coming out ahead. You know. <laughs> Uh, you know, it's it's really about recognizing, boy.
0: It's about coming out at all. Oh well,
1: yeah, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it about no, it really is. I mean, there was a I was a, I was at a film festival recently, and and there was a um a, a short film, or I, I think a doc about you know, some heavy trauma. I think it was about Vietnam or one of these things. And someone in the audience was talking about their trauma, and um, and they were just saying you know a statement which I loved. it said, "When it comes to trauma." It's not something you get ever get over. It's Correct. something you get through. Correct. And I think that's the way you have to look at it. You don't want to imagine you're going to come to this experience, you're going to finally figure it out, and you're almost going to be vindicated, and you can erase the fact you even went through right. it. Right. That's not the way it works. Well, there's no
0: finish line tape.
1: There, well, there it's, isn't. It's not
0: breaking through the tape at the end of the no, marathon. No, exactly. It, 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 because, <laughs>
1: because, I mean, just like I look at this season, and how much I've learned from every person's story uh-huh, who's uh-huh, talked, and uh-huh. and and hearing their perspective and what experiences they had, and yes, of course, certain aspects of it resonate with me. But then there's always a new twist, and then it's the way they've processed it, and the way they've framed it, and talked yeah. about it, and it's made me reflect and go, oh, you know, there's a there is a couple instances in my history where I think about, oh, that's a that's actually feels like a, a better way for me to reflect, look on that yeah, experience yeah. than even I've tried to frame it. So it's this. Ongoing evolution, ongoing, you know, it, and it's kind of the way I, I look at our society right now, which has become so cultish, and people end up, you know, usually gravitating towards extremism. Yeah, you know, the you know, I was having a talk with uh, John Atak, we, we're going to have on the show. Yeah, and um, you know, and this whole idea of when you arrive to a narrative that you've settled in this false believe that this is the answer like this is this is how it works this is it this all right is how now life now, works. now i get yeah what what there there's it feels good on a certain level because you have certainty right but certainty is such a trap because certainty is actually just a feeling it's not It's momentary. It's not a a mental process that's come through a lot of assimilation of actual facts. It's a feeling you get, just like frustration, anger, love, hatred. It's a feeling. So this idea of arriving to a point of certainty or a single narrative, what that means is you stop taking in information. Right. And that is when you are in the most vulnerable position, and that is when you get manipulated. That's when you're in trouble. And that's when you get in real hot water.
0: Yeah. Agreed.
1: So, don't. So, you can always lean certain ways, but right. if you can't stay on that spectrum of shades of gray and say, okay, I lean heavily this direction, but you're still in the mindset like, but I'm still welcome to be wrong, right? Welcome to hear new information and maybe move on this spectrum. But once you've arrived to like, oh, no, this is the way it is, right. danger zone, danger, it's Will Robinson. It's
0: like a, I call it a live L I V E, mm-hmm. a live agreement with life. Like I have a couple business agreements mm-hmm. where we haven't we know we haven't figured it all out yet, so mm-hmm. we call it a live agreement agreement, meaning it's ongoing. Yeah. The discussion is ongoing, we're still figuring it out. We call it good faith discussions. Yeah. And I kind of look like at all information that I take in now, it's like a live agreement with life. The the discussion is ongoing.
1: Well, it's like that, uh, what they say, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? So if you're an organism, either you're growing or you're contracting. So it's not like you ever stay put. One of those two forces are at work. So obviously, I think most of us would like to continue growing. Yeah. And that means you have to keep taking in information. We have to be willing to evolve. Yeah.
0: And like you just said, life is about evolution. Every single second, we're evolving. Yeah. And when we cap that off, I think we're in trouble.
1: Well, and again, it's, it's, that, it's kind of falling into that trap of uh, acquiring things where you think you've arrived to a place of knowingness. And thinking, oh, that's getting me closer to this other place I'm seeking where I'm going to have it all figured out and I'll know what's right. And that is such a trap because it's a trap.
0: Because first of all, I mean, it's a trap. Any, <laughs> don't it, do if, it. Well, it
1: doesn't exist. Like, it doesn't and anyone exist. anyone who's even trying to embody that, you know, gets under the label of the know it all. And I certainly know I don't know anyone who likes a know it all. No. I I certainly do not like those And if I felt that someone thought I was that, I would be horrified. Yeah. You know, the people that I consider to be the most kind of genuine and open minded and just smart are the quick are the ones that are the quickest ones to say. Yeah, that's a great point. I haven't thought about that. Yeah. I, I don't know. Let me, let think, me think about, about yeah.
0: that. Yeah.
1: If you're quick to say, I don't know, to me, that means you're probably one of the brighter ones. When you're so quick to answer and feel like you have to have a solution all the time, which yeah. is a very male thing. Guys, you know, we always want to like, oh, let me, let me think about this. I'll give you the answer. You know, it, it's a real, real struggle to kind of go, hey, um, I need to think about it a little bit more. It's a good yeah, point. Let me
0: take that in. Yeah, yeah. Let me consider. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that is definitely an evolved human. Like I trust those people more than anybody else.
1: Well, I mean, I, I just think it's a good way to uh, guard yourself. And you know, watch behavior, watch how people mm-hmm. frame things, and, and you know, you want to surround yourself with the people that you feel are going to be respectful and open-minded, and kind of see and hear you without all these judgments. Yeah. And you and people kind of reveal themselves. And I think it's very how hard,
0: they respond. Yeah,
1: and 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 it's, and and it's and the hard thing to do is to pay attention. You know, we want to keep. I know for me, I, I always love to look at the, give some of the benefit of the doubt, and look at the good side, and and I see certain traits in them that I think are wonderful. But I've had to learn taking the whole package and 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 watch all the things they're putting out yeah. and watch all the because you know, I've been I've been. Um, taken in a few times by people I thought were actually working in my corner, and turned out not to be. So, yeah, uh, you know, you just have to kind of pay attention when people when people show you who they are. Believe them. Yeah, believe them.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. Oh, wait. Are we going to do these We're questions? We're going to do these questions. All right, great. Okay, so we have what I did. From the
1: audience, right? From the
0: audience, from people commenting, emailing, right. um, YouTube comments, all sorts of things, which we love, Loving by your, the way. Loving your
1: TikToks, those oh, people, yeah. Yeah,
0: you know what? You'll see on the questions uh. I'm going to ask you. That's a TikTok question. Oh, good. So hold, up, okay. hold up on that TikTok good. comment. All right. But... Um, I just wanted to thank everyone who has, you know, tuned in or watched or listened because it shows me that they're really getting it Mm -hmm. by the questions they ask or the comments. So what I did is I took three questions for you. Okay. Three questions for me that kind of enveloped the majority of the questions because there were so many that I had to take the three. I kind of... um, you know, looked at all of them and then took them together. Distilled
1: and them down to like exactly, this. Exactly, like I condensed. Here, here's a theme that kind of the came theme. up a few, so few the, times. So the let three me. Three themes okay, for right.
0: both of us. Cool, great. And you haven't seen the ones I'm asking you, no. which I love. Okay. Right. <laughs> which I have to think, I have to say, LA Traffic. Hoyt got here right before we started, so either to his benefit or <laughs> to his demise, right. he has not seen these questions, no, I
1: tell you, why, keep, which I love. Keep it keep it spontaneous. It's definitely why
0: spontaneous. Why not? Okay, so how about you start? Okay. You've got, you've got my questions. All right. So you asked, yeah, these no. are questions for me. from
1: All right, from from our uh, wonderful audience. Seems like your, meaning Shell, okay. journey through trauma recovery is a little bit more raw mm. than Hoyt's. So we're on the raw... Raw meter here. Yes. Um, can you elaborate on why you think that is?
0: Well, yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly because I've already seen that question. Okay, well, good. I,
1: I'm very, very uh, keen to hear your answer.
0: Well, I think the, the obvious um, part of that, which is what most listeners have mm. kind of um, weighed in on, not all of them, but some, so I thought it was great to bring it up. Hoyt's cult died out mm-hmm. how many years ago? Which you say
1: twenty twenty years ago now. Twenty yeah. years ago. Yeah.
0: So Hoyt's experience is different than mine. Yeah. Because his has his group has ceased to exist. Yeah. So it's a different dynamic for me. Yeah. Because I'm still getting, like I referenced the conversation yeah. with the leader right. from the church, that is still asking me to forgive my abuser. Right. So things that happen in my life are current, Mm -hmm. right? They're in real time. They're triggering me in real time. Mm -hmm. I wish they didn't still trigger me. Um, I think I get better and better at it. It gets less and less. Like, you'd be very proud of me. I did not respond to the you must forgive your abuser. I thought, you know what? I know better than that. I'm not going to respond. So that was a huge growth for me. That's great. Because at first I was like, well, let me tell you and I started (laughs) typing and then I I deleted it. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Right. He can't hear me. So I think the main difference for you and I, um, well, there's two, but I think the main one is yours has ceased to exist. Mm -hmm. Although the memories, the experiences, the people are real. And I know you're working on a docu series. So it's, you know, in real time, bringing things up for you. Right. And it's always going to live in your, your cells and live in your body and live in your memories. But for me, kind of the nagging (laughs) real lifeness of it is current.
1: Well, I mean, listen, if, if my group was still going, it would grate at me every every day. No, because, because obviously you have a front row seat first, you know, uh, hand knowledge of what all those people are still going, still going through. through right now as we're talking. Right. They're, they're experiencing those same traumatic events that are happening potentially right at this moment. And that's just heartbreaking.
0: Oh, and I have to tell you, not so much right at this moment. One of the main leaders mm-hmm. of this group who has a Ph.D. Mm-hmm. in Bible studies, air quotes mm-hmm. for anyone who's only listening yeah. and not watching. Right. On somewhat of a reaction of our podcast saying oh good
1: we're making some waves." right saying
0: why were why their group the ICOC is not a cult and they took it down I would tell you all to go watch it because Mm. it was quite fascinating to watch them hit every single point about why they're not a cult which only further (laughs) confirmed (laughs) that they were a cult right and all the comments were like dude you just confirmed that you are a cult you know but I thought it was interesting because the the title of it was "What is a cult?" Yeah, right. Defending themselves. Sure. About why they're not. So, yeah, that stuff's still happening real time well, no, for I, me. And, yeah,
1: I mean that's that. So I think that it's very hard to live with. Like <clears throat> I think, on some level, the fact that you know my cult leader died. You know the yeah. group, the, the group. You know, uh, you know when I sued them basically fractured and split. And there weren't that many left. Anyway, we were a much smaller group. Would you
0: say you sued them?
1: I sued them. Yeah. I took them down. Oh,
0: I forgot about that. What?
1: So, so, so I I was able to also go through that reaction that a lot of people feel like, Oh, I wish I could stop this from happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, So because mm -hmm. our group was small enough, I was able to kind of experience that, which was incredibly healing. And that's why I could move more into my own personal kind of, uh, uh, Recovery path because I didn't feel this obligation to kind of take down the group, which I can understand. Like, um, you know, um, Leah Remedy with Scientology, yeah. I think she, I think she's had a difficult time balancing between her own healing process versus wanting to like stop those fuckers and in, in that, you know, right. cult that she was in. So it's
0: our it, feeling that kind of responsibility, yeah, probably exactly. as a public yeah. voice. So, so it, it's yeah. a
1: very, it's when the, yeah. when the group's still going on, it's a very, very different. Uh, scenario and and that would certainly explain some rawness going on. Some raw, yeah. some
0: real time rawness. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, and I think it's kind of cool what most people are commenting on. So thank you for everyone who's commented on this. By the way, people are. I like the fact that they like our dynamic. It's definitely a you know a, a brother sister right. kind of thing going yeah. on. But, your experience and your timeline is different than mine,
1: of course. So yeah.
0: I like having that kind of yin and yang yeah. of um, trauma recovery, right? right? Yeah. Like you you were out sooner than me. Mm-hmm. I'm fresher out than you. I mean, it's been, you know, twelve years, but it's still a different process. So yeah. I like um providing that for people, you know that, like you've said, like I've said, there is no one-size-fits-all no. to trauma recovery. No. Everyone's experience is different. It might be yeah. a small little and, yogi and, and, cult. Well, or, and, and also,
1: yeah. you're always <clears throat> dealing, to some inclusion, whatever trauma you went through in life before you even got involved with the cultic group, Right. So there, there's this whole trauma thing that goes on, you know, yeah. just being in a body and having a family or whatever, you know, you've yeah. gone through. Everyone's got their own kind of experience <clears throat> and their own uh, kind of Chemical makeup, so there's there is no one size fits all. There's no, and it's just a matter of whether you're actively, you know, trying to go after that and try to figure it out, or you're just avoiding, yeah, like like what most people do. And and again, I'm not making any judgments. It's just, it's 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 hard work to kind of look in the mirror and say, okay, I'm going to knuckle down and try to get to the bottom of why I have these moments and reactions and things that I don't know where they're coming from and I need to start to investigate. And that takes, you know, that takes a certain person at a certain time in their life where they're ready to do it. And you just hope that more and more people get there sooner than later.
0: Well, and I have to add on to that. And then I'm going to ask you a question. What I love about Nixie, Mm -hmm. remember Nixie, we've had on several episodes. So we're at Nixie's house. (laughs) This is where we do our, thank you, Nixie, where we do our after hours episodes Mm -hmm. Nixie, I basically had to bamboozle at first into even coming on an episode. That's when she had her hat on, right? But watching Nixie come alive and really own her story and be more and more comfortable with it, I have to give her a special shout out because she's really seen the benefit and I think the evolution of that badge of honor Mm. that I made it through this. And then watching her new husband— who knew nothing about the cold right. jump in and feel passionate about, wow, this happened to my wife. Yeah. Wow, this is this is fascinating. Let me learn about this and become an advocate himself and to be sending me links and information. And I'm like, this is why we're doing what we're doing, mm-hmm. right? We're We're educating people, but we're letting people know that it's okay to talk about this. It's okay to be human. It's okay it's, to. It's okay
1: to have had occultic relationships. It's
0: okay, <laughs>
1: right? Yeah, I mean, we've all had them, you know. That, that, right. that's, that's One of our
0: in one like, way or another. Yeah,
1: that's our one of our recurring themes. It's right. Like, it's not if it's usually when. when.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So when it's, it's
1: trying to reframe and, and, yeah. and figure out, like, okay, when did I have something that really kind of right hit me hard, and I haven't quite yeah looked at it. Yeah. Okay. On those okay, question, your question. Okay. Which, the first
0: one's an wow. easy one for you. Okay. Are you ever going to join Shell on TikTok?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! You know, Come on, it's, you know it's, it's funny. It's funny you bring it up because I, I, TikTok is still something I don't understand. Um, you don't need to. Okay. You just got to show up. But, but I've got I've got a dear friend of mine who's an actor um, who uh, you know he was on uh, 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 High School Musical, you know, and he played the coach. Uh, okay. Uh, and. Um, uh, yeah, you know, Bart Johnson. I mean, he's got a huge following on on TikTok, which I I'll look him up. I look didn't him know. Up. You know, he's got a huge following. You say
0: Bart Johnson. Bart Johnson. Okay. You know, Hi Bart. And, and,
1: he's, and uh, Bart's amazing. <laughs> and uh, he's like, he's he's done so well on it. He's actually talked about. He goes, I might take a break from acting and just do this because there's yeah. a ton of money in it he, too, it's which lucrative, I, dude. <laughs> and I still don't understand how that even happens. I don't I'm know learning. how that works. Yeah, I'm but learning. Um, but he was saying, without telling me. You know what his situation was. He said a guy who has twice as many members as his is making like a million followers, a, a million, yeah, a million and a half a month. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, okay, so that got my attention. <laughs> and, 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 and not that I'm money not, not that I'm yeah, pursuing, you know, that, that money is a goal, but yeah, I mean, I, I see money as freedom. Well, it takes so, money
0: to get through life, yeah, yeah, so
1: so uh. So, I'm open to okay. TikToking. And I have I, some and, ideas. And you have to. Te- yeah. I, I, I ask, it will be a student teacher relationship. Yeah. You can show me how it works. Because uh, when I think of TikTok, I think of the, the younger generation and dancing. Oh, no. You know, and all that oh, stuff. Oh, no. So, it's, it's everybody. So, if it's become something else, it's, or a whole, go, yeah. it's a
0: whole world. Well, what I love about it is reaching people. Right. And so, people have been doing videos of, of their story. Of cultic relationships and then sending them back to me.
1: Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh!
0: Yeah. Like I'll totally, well, we should, well, we I'll feature, show you we all should, this. We, we will. We yeah. definitely will. Yeah. We absolutely will. But
1: because kudos to everyone who's. Doing yeah,
0: this. and just again, people saying, "I've never talked about this before," oh, thank or goodness. your video inspired me to share this, right. or even um, ex members from my group. Yeah, you know, from all over the world reaching out. It's beautiful. So we're definitely going to pull well, you into you know, a TikTok well, that, video. Which is
1: a nice segue into my next question All right, for you. Go
0: for it. Go so, for it. So,
1: Shell, what has the reaction been from your old cult to you
0: speaking up? Oh, the reaction <laughs> from my old cult. Well, they have been making videos, mm-hmm. right, to talk about how they're not a cult. Right. That's a big one. But I think... H- have
1: they actually cited you in those videos or...
0: Indirectly. Okay. Yeah, indirectly. And ex-members reaching out to me. Right. And we have some really, because again, my group was and is still large. So it got up to 150,000 around mm -hmm. the world because it's international. But it's still at about, and no one really knows because they're so deceptive and shady with their numbers. But um, it's anywhere between 100 and 120,000.
1: Wow. But there's
0: also that splinter group. Oh,
1: right. Where the the, the leader went off and did his own.
0: started a new group because, you know, the old ICOC wasn't radical enough for him anymore and they were all sinners now. So he started the ICC, the International Christian Church, which again, no one really knows exactly how many members he has because I think he inflates them. But he did this really weird video at the end of the pandemic that talked about how people were giving their... Um, PPP money, mm. their oh god, so, uh, so pandemic money
1: to the church.
0: There's stimuluses, yeah, to his group, and he was bragging about how they were getting two hundred fifty thousand a week, a fucking week from Aww. these people that are trying to survive during yeah. COVID, and he's bragging. It's on video Aww. on YouTube, and I'm like, is this guy insane? The answer is yes. Mm. Two, posting this, he's proud of these people giving what they should be using on their families to the group for them to go start other churches around the world. That's where they say the money's going. Right. So apparently they're ramping up. They're starting other churches. And they think the ICOC, my cult, (laughs) Mm. isn't as radical as they are. So it's like cult versus cult. It's like God Wars.
1: Yeah. Colt exactly. versus Colt, yeah, right? Exactly.
0: So that's what he's doing. So, yeah, there has been a reaction. Um, people have called Nixie.
1: Um, coming up on an hour or so. Oh! oh we're we're going to have wait, to wrap wait, it up. So, I'm going to okay. wrap it up.
0: But. God, I could go on that topic forever. So yes, yeah, so there, there has uh, been a reaction. A lot of
1: interaction. And, and a lot of I think, interaction. I think there'll be more. There'll
0: there be will more. be more, as as there should be, because sure, that's why I'm sure. doing this. Yeah, it's I'm, to it's to have a voice, the, rattle the cage. Oh, I is, don't mind. I bring it. Be, it's beautiful. You can find me on www.bringit.com.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Okay. Next. Okay, question. your
0: question. We'll do these last ones quick. Yeah. I think these. Okay, so Hoyt. You seem like more of the coach, <laughs> and Shell seems like more of the student. Since you've been out so long, is it hard for you to go there emotionally and share details about your past?
1: Well, that's, a, that's an interesting question, because yeah. when, when I go, uh, when I'm working on the project I'm currently working on, where they're asking me to go back to the mindset I had at that time. It is a struggle for me to sometimes go back to it because I've worked so hard to get out of it, right? And, and go to the place of using that as an as an example of why I needed to change, right? And think differently. So to answer that question, yeah, it, it is, and 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 I find when I talk about those times, I always want to couch it with like a statement that says, now I know this sounds crazy, but I used to think like this, you know, and, 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 <laughs> right. uh, and which is, which I think is, <clears throat> is helpful when you're in that kind of coaching mode. But if you're actually just trying to storytell, it's yeah. actually better to just go, well, this happened and I thought this and I thought that and I thought that. And you take someone on the journey, you can get to the point where yeah. you kind of have the reflection. So uh, it, it's, it's a valid question and something that I, uh, continue to work on and depending on the scenario and situation, I hope I can be better at really kind of uh, capturing um, how it was at that time. And I've got some stuff coming out that I was telling you earlier, I just discovered some things that graphically will describe in my own voice, how right. I used to think back then uh, that will be coming out as part of the uh, production. And that, that I think will be very powerful to, to yeah. kind of hear how I speak about something now how I try, I've tried over the years to relay what it was like back then, but when you actually hear it in my own voice and others at that time, I think you'll get the idea, like, right. this is what a cult's like, and this is what cultic thinking is like, and this is, what you, this is how you behave when you're really you know, in a brainwashed environment.
0: Well, let me ask you, are you allowed to share about, in general what you're working on. Not, not with not names. Yet, not okay. Yet, not
1: yet. No. Well we no. can
0: say it's something great and something, big it, that it. you all will see. Yeah. How's it, that?
1: That's good. That's hopefully. Let's hope so. I yes. don't think it's
0: hopefully. I'm yeah, pretty sure so with the we'll people see. on your team yeah. it's gonna be seen. We'll see. Yeah. yeah all pretty. right. We'll okay. we'll leave it at that. Okay, your question. Okay.
1: All right. <clears throat> so what's your favorite part of season one? That's a nice favorite not, that's part? A, that's not an easy question. No, it actually is. Favorite
0: part of season one was being pleasantly surprised at how much people embraced what we were doing in the sense of people saying, and I I, I didn't get their permission, so I'm not going to use their names, but people saying and emailing me or messaging or commenting, saying, wow, let me tell you my story.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let me tell you what happened. I really resonated with X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. I, I feel safe to tell you this. So I think being a safe place,
1: yeah
0: hands down, favorite part, safe place, bring it on. No. I'm a mess. Sometimes Hoyt is a mess. No, no, more, I'm usually a mess that. and more that's okay. That. I embrace yeah. the messiness. Yeah. It's who I am. So we we just welcome that, love that. Yeah. And the bottom line is we're all human. And we're all having a human experience, and we all got really fucked up with something. Sure. And now we're talking about it, and coming out on the other side with a voice and a story to tell. I just don't know if there's anything more beautiful than that.
1: No, you know? I, no, I agree. It's I been, don't. It's been an absolute treasure to honor, yeah. treasure, yeah. pleasure, yeah. And, everything. And um, yeah, I just I'm looking forward to the people that will kind of come out of the woodwork. Yeah. And, and will reach out to us. And we'll be like, oh yeah, we'd love to hear your story. Absolutely. So, so we're waiting for you out there. We're yeah. waiting. You know, come and come and join the uh the curriculum and, and this um uh, this wonderful forum we have to just
0: Tell your story. Tell your story. Be who you are. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's cool to talk about your cultic story. Very cool. Very cool.
0: Well, it shows that not only are you a survivor, but again, you've made it to the other side. Yeah. And that is just such a
1: Well, as we say Victim to survivor to, to thrive. thriver. Yeah.
0: Victim to survivor to thriver. That's who yeah. we are. Yeah. Okay. Hoyt's last question. Hoyt, you can decline to answer this question. <laughs> okay. This might be a, a TBD question. Okay. Right. But you, you can decline, and then we're gonna wrap it up after right. this. Okay. So Hoyt, this is a real question. Okay. Are you dating anyone? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> several, several people have inquired, but which I might add. I never get those inquiries, so I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> I am single. No, Hoyt, are you? Are you,
1: I, you th- can decline. I, 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 you can respectfully I, I, decline. I, I, I will say I am very, very grateful that love is in my life.
0: Okay. Oh and, God, that's such a good and, answer. And,
1: um, and I can say, for a long time, I and I think it's probably part of how I was brought up, and you know, certainly part of the cult. There was a huge record playing in my head that I didn't deserve that.
0: You didn't deserve love.
1: Yeah. And now I'm experiencing that I think I do. And oh. I'm very grateful oh. for that.
0: That so. might be just the best way to answer that yeah. question ever. So I love I'm, it.
1: I'm in the love vibe and I'm couldn't be more grateful and uh, thankful. Yeah.
0: God, I love that. So what a great way to end. <laughs> Thank you, people that have sent in questions that just, you know, provided the framework for our whole episode. All right, guys. You know, I'm going to end out with our quote.
1: Season two is coming around the corner. Okay.
0: Season two, the guests that we have are rock star, amazing. A couple of them have never been on a podcast. Yeah. Right. I love it, I love it, I love mm-hmm. it. So some,
1: some of them have been on many and just have like wealths of information. As they to should share be on many.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's just incredible. It, it's a great, it's definitely a great mix of people that yeah, we have. Uh, yeah. So we launched season two May 31st. Yeah. Happy summer. It's our yeah. summer episode.
1: Nice. All That's right. It's my mother's birthday.
0: May 31st? Yeah.
1: Gemini. Really? Yeah. Oh, huh. yeah, I don't
0: think yeah. I've ever known a Gemini oh, yeah. in right. my whole life.
1: Yeah, my my mother, yeah.
0: All right, my glasses are coming on. And Brooke Shields. On May 31st? Yeah, it's
1: one of the things I always, you know, Brooke and I went to college together, and I always remember her birthday, the same as my mom. Really? Yeah.
0: You know who has the same birthday as me? Jessica Simpson, and surprisingly, oh, yeah. people have always told us that we we're alike. Oh, cool! A little bit crazy, a little yeah, they, bit. Yeah,
1: they, you know, they, there's, I'm sure there's something to astrology. I mean, I, I'm not, yeah. I'm not banking it like the way I did back in the cold. Yeah, cold, but there's there's something. I so, think
0: there's a framework there yeah, yeah. that there's tendencies. Yeah, I think there's tendencies with yeah. the time that you were born.
1: Okay, back All to right. the quote.
0: We're gonna we're gonna finish out, reread the quote of the day. Shame shifting is where a survivor of abuse is deemed to be the problem for not forgiving the abuser. This is only further emotional and psychological abuse. Ignore such people. And that's by Lily Hope Lusario. And might I underscore, ignore such people. Right? Does you no good. Okay, guys. As we talked about in season one, about guarding your hearts, right? Right? Going forward in your life, we're going to keep preaching that message. We need to guard our hearts and our minds because nobody should have control of those except you. We're so grateful that you're on this journey with us. I love Hoyt. I love all you guys. We're so excited
1: about
0: season two and we'll see you next time. Bye.